Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Luke chapter 8, Jesus exhorted us to listen carefully. Do you have a lifestyle of carefully listening to the Word of God, retaining it, and putting it into practice? Jesus gave us His Word that if we would diligently study the Scriptures and apply them to our lives, we would be given greater knowledge and understanding of who He is. Let's open our Bible now to Luke chapter 8 and look at the incredible opportunity we have to grow and know Jesus Christ our Lord more substantially and more intimately. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Friday afternoon here in Texas and hopefully y'all are loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know Jesus, growing to love him and growing to obey him, right? We say it every time, there's nothing in our lives that'll benefit us more, that'll edify us more, that'll help us more, that'll help us to help others more, that'll serve us more, not only in this life, but the next than spending time with Jesus, spending time in prayer and in fellowship and in praise and in worship and in thanksgiving and above all, spending time in the word of God, spending time in the scriptures, reading the scriptures, studying the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures, um, memorizing the scriptures and above all, obeying the scriptures and repenting where we fall short, right? So thank you. Lord Jesus. All right. Um, we're going to continue on in Luke 8 today. Um, we're going to do verses 16 to 25, Lord willing. Um, the last uh, the last teaching we did, we, we did the parable of the four soils, right? If you recall, if you heard that teaching. Um, and just, you know, just very powerful parable about the power of the word of God. Right? We talked about um, the four different types of soils, and only the fourth soil was a fruitful, uh, fruitful soil. Right, that that, uh, and the four soils represent four different kinds of hearts and different kinds of people. And the word of God is scattered on all the soils. Right, and so we talked about how we need to take care of our heart, that our heart is fertile ground, that we when we hear the word of God, we receive it, we're convicted by it. And we make an effort to live it out in our life, right? Um, remember Luke 8, 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. And we talked about how we have to consistently, you know, apply ourselves as Christians, you know, because we just don't have a noble and good heart when we come to Christ, right? Um, <clears throat> we have a new heart but we have to grow in purifying in our, our heart, right? And it, it never, never will we be perfect. Never will we be perfectly noble, right? But the more we purify our heart, the better soil our heart will be for the word of God, right? But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, <clears throat> and by persevering, produce a crop. And, you know, that's the... You know, that needs to be the focus of our lives as we, we read our Bible or we go to church or you're listening to these teachings, you're hearing the word of God being taught, right, Corinne? Um, you need to retain it, verse 15, and by persevering in doing it, 
produce a crop for Jesus, right? And that's, uh, you know, Jesus is, is looking for a return on his investment. And that return is a, uh, you know, is, is fruit-bearing disciples. This has nothing to do with saving us. We're not saved by anything we do. We're saved by trusting and relying on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, right? So with that, now we move into verses 16 to 25. So I'll go ahead and read it, and then we'll pray and we'll get rolling. <clears throat> Verse 16, Jesus speaking, No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. Verse 19, now Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, <clears throat> and they obey him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, and your goodness on our lives. We thank you that we, we have our Bible, Father. We thank you that we have the Holy Scriptures, Father, to, to feed our spirit and soul and to lead us and guide us. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us and for living a perfect life for us and for dying a torturous death for us. And we thank you that you are alive and risen today. And we worship you, Lord Jesus. We worship you and thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us eyes that see now and ears that hear. Open the word of God to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Verse 16. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who, can, those who come in can see the light. Now, you remember, he just finished the parable um, of the soils, right? It's called the parable of the sower, um, but really the parable is about four different kinds of soil, right? Um, 
And remember, verse 15 said, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. 16, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light, right? And so Jesus is saying, you know, he's, he just talked about, you know, the, the seed on good soil that produces a crop for Jesus in the kingdom of God. And, you know, we're not supposed to hide our light as believers in Jesus Christ, right? We're supposed to, you know, take the word of God, take the scriptures and live them out in a way, you know, that we're light to the world, right? Um, obviously, we want to be obedient to the things that the scripture tells us to do. And we want to repent, you know, when we fall short. And listen, all of us fall short, right? Romans 3.23 says that every human being is sinful and is done wrong and needs a savior, right? Um, and only in Christ can we be forgiven of our sins and ultimately go to heaven when we die. But even as believers in Jesus Christ, as we're growing and maturing in Jesus Christ, still we consistently make mistakes and fall short of God's standard. I've said this before. Um, I consistently, you know, will look throughout my days and look at different opportunities or situations or conversations and just find places where I just, uh, you know, I could have done better or I need to repent, right? Um, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar, okay? So in Christ, right, and in the word of God, we, we have a light. We have understanding, right? We actually know the truth about God in Jesus. Without Jesus, we can't know anything, right, Alicia? Only in Jesus Christ can we know anything related to the triune God. If you don't have Jesus living in you right now, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then regrettably you're in complete and utter darkness with regard to knowing and understanding the triune God in any manner or in any way. Right? It's only in Jesus that you can know God the Father as your heavenly Father. Right, It's only in Jesus that you can receive him as your Lord and Savior and Master and King. Only in Jesus do you receive the Holy Spirit as your guide and your counselor and your comforter. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? John 1.12 says that to all who received him, Jesus to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Without Jesus, you're not a child of God and you can have no understanding of God in any manner or in any way. If you're not sure whether you're trusting in Jesus, you can simply go before him. You can humble yourself before him. Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's not our words that save us. It's not just puppeting words, right? But we use our words to communicate to Jesus, right? So simply go before Jesus in prayer and humble yourself and, and pray, Lord Jesus, I, I know that I'm a sinful person. I confess that, that I am a sinner, Lord. <clears throat> and I know, Lord Jesus, that I am hopeless and helpless and desperate. But Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that you came into this world and lived a perfect life for me and died a 
a horrible, torturous death for me. And I believe you are alive and risen today. And therefore, I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. Lord, I ask you to save me from my sin. I ask you to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's how you become a Christian, right? A Christian is someone who's trusting and relying and clinging to Jesus alone, knowing that they're sinful, knowing that without Jesus, only hell awaits, and that Jesus rescues you from eternal hell and separation from God, and you're actively trusting in him. Like I said, um, if you're not sure that you're a Christian or you think maybe you just have an intellectual belief, you know, rewind the tape, use the words I use, but remember, it's the sincerity, the genuineness of your heart that's that means everything, right? Uh, the Lord is not impressed with us just repeating words. So humble yourself before Jesus and give your life to him today. And then when you do, right, as Christians, it's our job. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar. Once Christ comes into you and the light of life comes into you and new spiritual life comes into you, right, you don't put it under a bowl, right? You take the scriptures, you take the understanding and the insight and the things you're learning about Jesus and you share it, right? It's going to come out one way or the other. You see in verse 17, for his, there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. The truth about Jesus Christ has been disclosed and it's not going to be hidden, right? So, you know, you need to put your light on a stand and begin to bear fruit for the kingdom of God, as do I, increasingly sharing the truth about Jesus, right? John 14, 6, Jesus said out of his own mouth, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Those are his own words. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. Do people that come into your life throughout your day when you're interacting with people, how often do they see the light of Christ in your life, May? And, you know, for the vast majority of us, I don't even know what percentage I put on it, in the, in the mid, whatever, the high 90s percent of the church, regrettably, very few Christians are letting their light shine in any manner or in any way as Jesus expects us to. I certainly need to improve in letting my light shine. But, you know, instead he puts it on a stand, Dustin, so that those who come in can see the light. When you go somewhere, right, Dustin, can people see the light of Christ? Do you have a lifestyle of people being able to see the light, right? Or, or, or do they see something else, right? As I said already, for most of us as Christians, you know, regrettably, people don't see the light of Christ. And oftentimes they see darkness. They see bitterness. They see anger. They see frustration. And they can't tell any, any difference between us and, and anyone else in the world. And as I said, none of us are perfect, right? All of us make mistakes. And, and, and again, we need to repent when we do these things, right? Uh, certainly I do. Um, but we need to, to, to put our light on a stand. 
Verse 17, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. The word of God will be disclosed. The light of the word of God is going to come out and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. It's your and I's job to bring the word of God and the son of God out into the open, Stephen, right? That needs to be our lifestyle. Verse 18, therefore consider carefully how you listen. We were doing Bible study on uh, on Tuesday, and I mean, this is something I've I've told the guys and my kids, and you know, it was something said to me when I was growing up. My uh, my grandfather used to say to me, Johnny, why do I have to say things to you three times all the time? Why do I always have to say things three times to you? And he was a a wonderful man, right? He was good to me. His name is is Al Pack, um, and he's passed on now, and. Uh, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I just, I, I remember that, you know. Johnny, why do you always got to learn the hard way, right? Um, and, you know, so when it says, therefore, consider carefully how you listen, right? At Bible study on Tuesday, you know, we talked about this extensively, right? How well are we listening to the word of God. How how well are we considering the word of God? Thinking about the word of God, right, Faith? Therefore, consider carefully how you listen, Jose. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. I mean, that's a heavy verse, right? Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. And this is why. Whoever has will be given more. If you listen carefully and study the word of God and retain it and meditate on it and persevere, as verse 15 said, in obeying it and producing a crop for Jesus, more revelation, more understanding, more insight will be given you of the kingdom of God and the son of God, Jesus Christ. And the more Nathan Wright, the more revelation, the more understanding and the more insight you have about Jesus, the more exciting everything in your walk with God becomes, right? The more deeply and intimately you grow in your relationship with Jesus, the more exciting everything in your life will be, right? And, and the most important thing is the more desire you'll have for growing relationship with Jesus, the more you'll want to be in the word of God, the more you'll be driven to want to grow to know your heavenly father in Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. It's a promise from Jesus. If you have revelation and you carefully listen and apply it, and again, we need to repent where we fall short, you'll be given more revelation, more insight, more understanding, right? Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has, will be taken from him. If you don't listen to the word of God, as Christians, it can be very easy for us to, to be Sunday Christians or to be Christians in name only, or maybe we've been going to church for, for a long time, for 20, 30, 40 years, and we're 
you know, we have a well-known, you know, very well-known, very sound Bible teacher at church, right? A well-known pastor that's been teaching the word of God for a long time. But just because you sit there and you're in church every week, if you're not listening carefully and leaving and applying the things you're learning, right, throughout your days, you really don't have it, right? Just because we sit in church, right, at the end of, uh, at the, end of the Sermon on the Mount, right, Jesus' greatest teaching, he says there's two types of people, okay? Um, those, they all came to church. They all heard the greatest teacher of all time, preached the greatest sermon of all time, right? Matter of fact, we'll turn there for you, right? So turn to the end of Matthew 7, and he says this at the end. Verse 24, Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So these people heard this incredible sermon. They came to church and they heard it and they put it into practice. The storms of life came, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds beat against that house, the difficulties and the trials of life came. And when it hits against us, right, if, if, we, just, if we just hear the, the scriptures, but we don't listen carefully and we don't put them into practice, then, then this house, because they put it into practice, it says, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Everything was identical. There are two groups of people at the end of the day. Everybody went to church. Everyone heard the greatest preacher of all time, Jesus, preached the greatest sermon of all time, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount, right? He calls one wise, one group wise, and the other group fools, right? And the only difference between those who were wise and those who were fools were the ones that heard the word of God that Jesus preached and went out and obeyed it and put it into practice. And because of that, their foundation was solidified, right? But when they just went and heard the word of God on Sunday morning, and that's all they did, they were just uh, Sunday Christians, really when the, when the difficulties of life come, you know, we don't stand in Jesus and, you know, our faith doesn't help us as it otherwise would, right? Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Don't you want more Jesus? Man, I just, I, I really do want more Jesus. And certainly I have to listen more carefully, do a better job. But Father, I ask you to help us, help us in the body of Christ today to listen to your word more carefully, to obey it, to retain it, to put it into practice, to repent when we're falling short. Whoever does not have, even when he thinks he has, will be taken from him. Again, uh, oftentimes, you know, we can be in church a long time and we can think that we have a lot but we don't really have it, right? Really, you know, really the only aspects of biblical Christianity that we truly do own are the ones that we live out, right? The old church fathers used to say that, right? 
verse 19. Now, this is, this is pretty interesting here, and there's massive lessons to be learned here, but look at 19. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Thousands of people, right? They're not, they're not able to get near him. His mother and brothers. Now, this is obviously speaking about his mother, Mary, and her other children, okay? Um, there, are, there are Christian denominations that, you know, um, you know for, again, in order to fit some preconceived belief, they interpret this as it's his mother's and spiritual brothers. But the plain meaning of the text is that this is Jesus's mother and her other sons, right? That came from Joseph. Um, Jesus, so it's his natural family. Jesus's mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Verse 20, someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. So his family comes to see him. Again, uh, there are thousands of people. The crowd is so big that, you know, they, they can't get to him. So, you know, Mary and her other sons say, you know, can you go tell Jesus that we're here? And so it says someone told him your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. Now, this is. This is going to be, it's going to be different what he says here in verse 21. You would have thought that he would have said, excuse me, I'll give me a moment. Let me get up. Let me go and, you know, let me go and see my family. Give me a little bit. I mean, it would seem courteous, right? This is your mother and your, you know, your natural brothers, right? Um, your family, your natural family. Um, so again, you would have thought Jesus would have excused himself. He would have got up and said, you know, hey, what's up, y'all? You know, if, if uh, you know, if my family came to see me um, now, I would, I would, you know, if my camp family came to see me and I was in the middle of a teaching, they would undoubtedly wait uh, until I was finished. Right. Um, and so, you know, we don't under, we don't know what the circumstances are, but Jesus could have been going on for hours. Right. Look what he says in verse 21. Verse 20, someone told him your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. Verse 21, he replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Wow. Hear that again. He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So what is he saying here? Jesus here declared that your closest, the closest family in your life is not your natural family, but it's your spiritual family. Now, Lord willing, they're the same, right? Lord willing, you're in a family where your mother and your father and your, your brothers and your sisters and your children and your grandchildren and your aunts and uncles, hopefully everybody's running after Jesus and, and walking with Jesus, right? And, you know, Living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, forgiving for Jesus. Right, Melanie? Um, but as we know, almost really all of us, very few Christians, right? Very few Christians, you know, have a family where their entire family is really pursuing Christ zealously, 
right? Very few Christians even have a family where everyone's on the same page in pursuing Jesus biblically, trusting in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of their sins and the salvation of their soul. But Jesus makes it clear. My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. His natural family, his natural mother and his natural brothers were there to see him. And he says, those who are closest to me, those who are my mother and my brothers, my most intimate relationships are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Okay. So again, there, there are strong inferences here, right? Um, the inference is that, you know, you are walking very deeply and very intimately with your brothers and sisters in Christ regarding, you know, walking out the word of God, right? And living for Christ. And these are your deepest, most intimate relationships, right? Are the ones in Christ, right? Um, the more, the more that a brother or sister in Christ is devoted to Jesus and walking with Jesus, the, the more, the more life and light and power and meaning and genuine relationship there will be in every way. Right now, like I said, hopefully, right. Like, you know, both of my daughters, right. Um, and their mom and, and, uh, and my wife may, you know, they're, they're walking with Jesus, right? So hopefully these relationships overlap, but, but you know, all of us certainly have family members um, and oftentimes the majority that are not walking with Christ or if they are walking with Christ, everyone is at a different place, right? Now I'm blessed that my daughters and, uh, you know, Lauren and Kristen and uh, Kristen's husband, Nathan, are really laboring to live for Jesus and walk with Jesus. So they're not only my natural family, but they're also my my spiritual family. Um, and like I said, I'm blessed as my wife, May, obviously, is laboring to walk with Jesus. The girl's mom, Wendy, laboring to walk with Jesus. Um, you know, so that, that's a good thing, right? But to the extent that, uh, you know, someone is devoted to Christ, at whatever level they're devoted with Christ, devoted to Christ, to that extent will there be meaningful relationship, right? He replied, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice, okay? So not only that, Jesus said the ones that are closest to him, right? He replied, my mother and brothers. Jesus has the most intimate relationship with those who are actively, carefully listening to the word of God, retaining it, letting their light shine, right? Not putting it under a bowl, right? But letting it stand so others can see it, as we just read, right, a few verses earlier. My mother and my brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. So again, you want to look at your own life. I want to look at my own life, and we want to see to what extent are we, you know, studying the word of God and living it out? Because to that extent, and again, we're all in a different place in, in this, um, to that extent, are you experiencing relationship with Jesus? We all have relationship with Jesus if we've received him as our savior, but to the extent that we experience relationship will be dependent 
on our devotion and obedience to the word of God, right? All right, 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake, right? Now that's a, that's a, a powerful statement. Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So he tells them beforehand that, you know, you know, we're going to the other side of the lake. I was, uh, I was studying for this and the scholars made a good point that uh, Jesus didn't say, let's go over to the other side of the lake and maybe we'll get there, right? He actually said, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they should have been able to just have perfect confidence that he said, we're going to the other side of the lake. We'll be at the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. Verse 23, as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Okay. So obviously this something stands out here that it's going to say in verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, master, master, we're going to drown. Now, several of these guys, like half of them, were professional fishermen, okay? They spent their lives, right, on the ocean and on the sea, right, and on, on the lake. So it, it must have been a, a fairly serious storm for professional fishermen to believe that they're going to drown, they're going to die, they're going to perish. How is it? That in verse 23, it says, as they sailed, he fell asleep. Apparently, Jesus is not worried, right? There's a picture of certainty and faith here that is just, uh, that's remarkable, right? There is a tremendous storm going on, but Jesus knows what his life is about. He already said we're going to the other side of the lake, so he's going to take a nap. Right. He's tired. We do see his uh, his humanity here. Right. That he gets tired. Um, the scholars made a great point. We're going to see his humanity and his deity in this passage. Right. Which is which is going to be kind of serious. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. So, again, there's a tremendous storm going on, a life threatening storm. You know, very few of us. And I'll confess, I don't do well. I don't sleep as well when there are uh, storms and calamities and difficulties and trials, you know, this is when our, our, our faith is tested. And the closer we are to Jesus, the more peace that we'll have. Um, but this is a level of trust that Jesus displays here that, that all of us, you know, want to work moment by moment, day by day, to get to a place where, again, all the other disciples believe that they're going to die, that they're going to drown, that they're going to perish. And again, several of them are professional fishermen. So it's got to be real, real bad, right? Meaning they've spent their life on the, on the water, right? Um, but Jesus is completely at peace and he's taking a nap, right? Um, yeah. And again, I, uh, I don't nap as well you know, when there are, but, but we ought to, right? In Jesus Christ, we can have confidence in Jesus that we're going to get to the other side, right? They're going to get to the other side of the lake and you will get to the other side of your trial. And if you're in Jesus Christ, 
the worst thing that can happen to you is the best thing that can happen to you is when you get to the other side, you'll step out of this life and step into heaven. Right, Esther? Is there anything better than that? Right? You're going to get to the other side. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. Again, how, again, how are you just sleeping? You got your eyes closed and water just splashing in and everything else. And I mean, Jesus taking a nap, right? I mean, it's, it's an incredible picture of trust and certainty and knowing who's in charge, right? Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. <laughs> I like this. He got up and rebuked the wind. He didn't talk to it. He didn't whisper at Dustin. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. Okay? The storm subsided and all was calm. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, imagine, you know, some of the great hurricanes, right? Hurricane Katrina, right? Um, the hurricane that, you know, and the, the devastating monsoons that killed, what, 100,000 people? Was it in Indonesia, right? Um, they wake up Jesus, right? He says he got up. And he rebuked the wind and the raging waters, right? In the other gospels, he used three words. Quiet, be still. He doesn't say it here. He said, quiet, be still. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. I've said this before, um, you know, mother nature, right? is our mother, right? Mother nature obviously is an expression for just when, you know, when the, you know, when the, when, when severe weather comes, right? And, and brings tremendous rain and storms and tornadoes and hurricanes and the massive destruction that's there, we're powerless against it. Mother nature is our mama. Right now, you know, apparently that don't go for Jesus. Right, Dustin? Apparently Jesus is her daddy. You know, next time it's raining outside or you see a hurricane, see if you can do this. I've never seen anyone do this, nor had the disciples seen anyone do this. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. Remember, they were raging so bad, they thought they were going to die. And at his words, the storm subsided and all was calm. Try to picture being there. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. I mean, didn't I tell you we're going to the other side of the lake? Didn't I tell you? We're going to the other side of the lake. So what are you worried about? I, I don't know, Jesus. It just kind of felt like it was a serious situation to me. That's, I guess, that's what I'm saying, right? That's what I would have said. Sorry about that. My faith obviously isn't that good that I could sleep 
when I believe I'm about to drown and perish. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement. Now look at this. They're not in fear of the storm anymore because it's calm, right? In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. <clears throat> yeah. Who is this? We don't really know who we're dealing with in Jesus, right? Again, when he was sleeping, he showed his humanity that he got tired, but now he's showing that he is God Almighty, right? He speaks the word of God, rebukes the winds and the raging waters, and it all goes calm. Professional fishermen, professional fishermen have never seen this. I've never seen it. I don't think y'all have ever seen it, right? Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Yes, because he created the winds. He created the water. Mother Nature bows to Jesus. Now, obviously, obviously Mother Nature is not a real being, right? But we just, you know, that's a, an expression we use for, for, for weather, right? Um, but everything is obedient to Christ, right? And whatever the trials or the difficulties or the winds or the waves are in your life and my life, if Jesus is in your boat, okay, if, if you have Jesus living inside of you, and the more you're growing to know him and walk with him, the more certain you will be that you will get to the other side. You will come out on the other side. And you and I can actually have peace in the midst of trials and difficulties and circumstances and, and fears. And Father, I don't do this well. And so I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. Forgive us, Father, where we are fearful. Lord Jesus, forgive us. We're certainly you're saying to me and all of us, where is your faith? Father, I ask you to help us to grow and mature in our faith, Father. Help us to apply ourselves to your word, Father. Help us to, 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 to let our light shine. Help us to be, to be fruit-bearing disciples, Lord. Lord, help us to, to obey your word and to put your word into practice, Lord. That, and, and I ask you to refine our faith. Father, help us to refine our faith and to purify our faith. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help us to remove. We ask you to remove the impurities from our faith that we might be steadfast and at peace, even in the, even in the face of trials and difficulties and hardships and fears. Father, we love you, we bless you, and we thank you. Lord Jesus, we worship you, we praise you, we love you, and we thank you. Holy Spirit, we worship you and thank you. We ask you to seal the message to our hearts now. Give us eyes that see Jesus and ears that hear him. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.